0: today on the bill kelly show on 900 chml u.s president joe biden has signed a landmark climate change deal and health care bill uh, it's what they call the final piece of biden's pared down domestic agenda as he aims to try to boost his party standing with the voters ahead of the midterm elections a reporter seth borenstein has details
1: the bill that president biden has signed is the biggest one nation has done in one period in the entire time that i've been covering climate change this is a huge event, especially for the United States. It still doesn't catch up with Europe, which has done more as a whole of multi
0: uh, But there are economic implications to this too. I know they call it a climate bill, but uh, the auto uh, industry uh, is going to be impacted by this too because of what they've uh, they've deal they've struck with EVs. Uh, joining us to assess everything that's gone on here and the implications politically as well, Ellie Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University. Ellie, a pleasure to have you back on the show. I hope you're doing well these days.
1: Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Bill, and same to you. Nice to hear your voice.
0: It's uh, interesting from a political standpoint. I mean, we know that Biden is not doing well in the public opinion polls these days. The midterm elections are not that far away. Uh, he needed a win. And uh, is this a win for him?
1: Well, let's start at the at the very top level. It's, it's a win for the world in the sense Mm -hmm. that this is, as you just introduced it, a major climate reduction, uh, greenhouse gas gas reduction bill. So it is good for the world. Apparently uh, it has great significance in terms of actually meeting the US commitment uh, in terms of reduction of greenhouse gases going forward. So it's a win for the world in that sense. Is it a win for Canada? Uh, I think in a way that uh, we should probably highlight at the top before we get into the details, it is a win for Canada in this sense. Uh, we're talking about the politics of it as well. It's a win for Canada because we've been recognized in this action, in this particular context, as being part of one single integrated market. So the principle has been established, Bill, uh, that uh, the Buy America clause, which was built into both Trump and then later uh, Joe Biden's agenda. And remember, the U.S., as you've just indicated, is spending an enormous amount of money as part of its national rejuvenation over various bills. Canada was being frozen out under the Buy America. And this particular instance, and the new NAFTA is a a factor in all this, we apparently are now being recognized no longer as a, a foreign entity, but as part of an integrated North American market. That is good news for Canada whether it can then, once the principle is established, uh, can it be applied to other aspects of you know, Canada being able to help in this investment and growth opportunities that all this new money is going to provide. But the real question now that you get down to it is, is there money in this bill uh, which will allow Canada to actually benefit in terms of uh, precious metals, particularly lithium? Mm-hmm. And that's a little more uncertain, it seems.
0: Well, let's let I would circle back just a second here, but uh, as you say, the inclusion, because uh, the initial uh, phase of this bill, the one that, that Biden presented and tried to get passed, and, and it never did happen, talked, as you said, about Buy America. Now that's changed to uh, cars, for instance, the, the rebate program that the feds are offering down in right. the States anyway, is cars made in North America, uh, which, as you say, is now inclusion for canada that's that's a good news story for us as well how did that happen because uh, biden and his the administration seem very adamant about well, it's got to be just in america uh yeah. I, now i i heard one story that suggested that uh joe manchin who was the this actually the democratic senator that was holding this bill up he visited canada remember he was up in ottawa a couple of weeks yep. ago and uh, uh apparently he had the, this this you know a revelation of this epiphany that, hey, wait a second here, this could be mutually beneficial. Now, I don't know if that's the, uh, the whole story here, but something changed dramatically in Washington.
1: Yes, I think uh, that particular visit was crucial because he's so crucial, <laughs> and this whole deal yeah. that we're talking about would not have happened and, except that he had a change of heart, although he put in protection for some fossil fuel industries going forward. But that uh, that visit apparently was important. But remember, after Donald Trump, BASICALLY CAME IN AND SAID I'M RIPPING UP NAFTA, CANADA WENT INTO OVERDRIVE IN CONVINCING AMERICANS IN A WHOLE RANGE OF WAYS THAT CANADA IS ACTUALLY GOOD FOR THE U.S. A LOT OF LOBBYING WENT IN uh, THROUGH THE BUSINESS SECTOR, THROUGH THE NORTHERN GOVERNORS, COUNCILS. IN MANY, MANY WAYS IT WAS BROUGHT HOME TO uh, AMERICAN DECISION MAKERS IN VARIOUS uh, AREAS THAT CANADA IS IN FACT VERY IMPORTANT TO THE U.S. IN TERMS OF CREATING JOBS THERE, PROSPERITY, uh, here is good for prosperity. There, and then along came this opportunity, which kind of allowed Canada to revisit that and top up that argument. I suspect that's what went on. We finally, you know, the message that's been delivered uh, through many channels, but primarily through Canadian lobbying efforts, uh, has paid off.
0: We'll talk about EVs because these these both top subjects are so you know intertwined now because of what's going on. This ramping up production, we already know that the major automakers, a number of them, of course, have, have already announced huge investments into Ontario. That's a good news story for us. Uh, they're doing the same thing down in the States. And, you know, they want EVs to be the future. We get that. But you got to have batteries. Uh, you need the components for those batteries. Now, my understanding at this stage, Elliot, is that for the most part, they rely on China for those raw materials uh, to, to be able to to, to manufacture these things uh, not really a good idea for anybody to be reliant on China right now because of the f- the hold that they could have on you and and, and change their hearts, and and plus the fact that, of course, it seems that Chinese government and the Biden administration have a rather acrimonious relationship right now. Do the Americans and do the automakers in general turn to the north and look up in northern Ontario and say, wait a second here, I, we can do business?
1: Yes, this is an overt part of the conversation in Washington is that uh, dependence on the Chinese for the critical elements that really are the building blocks of the future turns out to be a bad idea but it's a belated realization china has very strategically consciously and now for some decades made us uh, had a strategy in place to go around the globe and lock in the resources for an emerging superpower that uh, is seen in africa and you know the belt and road and a lot of the investments chinese um, various estimates uh, have been made, but basically China now controls a very high proportion, a very high proportion of the critical minerals necessary for the future, starting with lithium. They have their own uh, inside through Inner Mongolia in particular, and it's a large country themselves, but they've also systematically been buying up, locking in for long-term, by long-term contracts, access to all the resources they need to emerge and that most certainly includes these and that of course has included canada we we now are faced with occasionally hearing about chinese companies wanting to buy critical resources in canada and being told no or being put under under scrutiny but it's very limited and uh, some people are saying it's people whose analysis i respect are saying it's it's really very late for us to wake up and realize that china has a plan, we don't, and we'd better get one.
0: They've already made inquiries. I mean, you've talked to us in the past about some concerns about uh, Chinese or, or, or Chinese, they could be shadow companies in some cases, I guess, uh, trying to gain a foothold up in, in the Arctic area for some of the mineral resources up there, too. I mean, they they started this a long time ago, apparently.
1: Yes, and systematically, by by yeah. self-conscious uh, plan and design and strategic goals, using state-owned enterprises as, it's it's kind of. CLASSIC MERCANTILISM. THE STATE USES PRIVATE COMPANIES TO FURTHER THEIR NATIONAL AND STATE ENDS. Uh, that, THAT OF COURSE COST CHINA DEARLY uh, WHEN THE WEST DID IT TO THEM AND NOW THEY'RE KIND OF RECIPROCATING. SO WHAT WE HAVE IS A SITUATION THAT CHINA HAS A LOT OF THE LEVERS ALREADY uh, in it, UNDER ITS CONTROL FOR THE KEY ELEMENTS regard- THAT ARE NEEDED FOR THE INDUSTRIES OF THE FUTURE, CERTAINLY IN TERMS OF ELECTRIC VEHICLES. THEY ARE A MAJOR PRODUCER AND THEY'RE INVESTING IN THIS. Tesla has built a giant gigafactory there. And Elon Musk has said lithium is the new oil. So now does Canada have lithium and the other trace elements or the rare elements that are needed, cobalt and copper more commonly? Uh, how will Canada fit into this emerging demand? We're now seeing phrases like this, uh, Bill, that down in what used to be called the rust belt in the U.S., it's becoming the battery belt. Uh Industries are being rejuvenated in the United States to build these batteries for the future.
0: What about this on the side of the border, though? I mean, you know, it's one thing to say, OK, we may have the raw materials here, uh, but the manufacturer of those batteries is, is going to be very key going forward here, too. Uh, do we have the wherewithal to compete with the, the United States? Because I know Biden wants to have those factories down there.
1: Well, he'd also like to have them down there and here rather than deal with China. So I'm yeah. quite willing to. Uh, see us as an integrated market as long as it benefits uh, their own goals. I've been reading up on this. I'm not an expert in mining by any means, but apparently uh, it comes down to this. What we do have under our possession in CRMs and critical uh, resources, uh, minerals, a, a lot of the key minerals, we don't have a lot of the world's supply, but we have some. But then it comes, aha, that's what you, is in terms of what is known that we have on hand. What about the stuff we haven't explored yet? And then you get into the ring of fire, which you alluded to uh, in northern Ontario. Maybe we have more resources than we currently know about, and we better get at it. And then you read further into this, <laughs> Bill, and it turns out that mining is a very cost-intensive uh, operation. It takes a lot of money to set up a, a, a new mining operation, and it's a very long-term uh, bet, because it takes a long time for them to come to fruition. Canadian mining resources are undercapitalized. Where do they go for that capital, Bill? They go to the one place that's quite willing to invest with you know great deep pockets, and that is China. So we are in a, uh, a situation where we are waking up to the need to protect our resources and to build it into uh, the strategic goals of the U.S., our biggest trading partner, but at the same time, it's an industry which is has been struggling, and China is very self aware of that and is taking advantage of it.
0: When you're looking at cost, and I know you know the the Biden bill got signed, and and we saw the the photo op for that, and you know it was almost like, okay, let's get started now. We want you know let's we're going to build these things, and we're going to develop these things. Uh, Ontario's got a long way to go, though. I mean, you know, we know the Ring of Fire. We know, as you mentioned, Elliot, there are mineral deposits up there that are going to be very very uh, important to go with evs and 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 the the future of that industry uh but we don't know Um, first of all uh, there there are aboriginal rights to be determined Uh, there's a lot going on there as to who owns that and who's going to benefit from this right now and i i don't uh, they've been negotiating this for years and years and years and they they haven't made a whole lot of headway what do you do to try to i I don't want to use the term fast track but we we can't wait forever for these things to happen
1: no and Part of it is strictly market concerns, and that's what's kept us behind, in a sense, and uh, behind the eight ball. Well, China can come in very quietly in many cases and just do what they're doing around the world, which is buy up the, our resources. Uh, yes, the provincial web page on this, if you take a look at it, talks about the ring of fire and its opportunities. The second thing they talk about is, indeed, we have to be sure we have uh, indigenous partnership, and this is all part of an, an ongoing mutual process. And thirdly, there's the infrastructure. You have to build roads. You can't, you can't develop that without a massive um, surrounding complex of of roads and networks of roads, et cetera. It's not looking like it's going to be quick. But meanwhile, the world, as of the passing of this bill in particular, has opened up new opportunities. So is Canada ready to be nimble enough? And do we have the, the mining, the, the business capacity to respond the business sector says, oh yes, we'll respond, just give us the framework and we'll, we'll up our game and we will meet the challenge. But that challenge is, what, is indeed what's in front of us. And now that China has such a huge head start and they know what they're doing, they're planning for it, and we are operating under a free market without an industrial strategy, uh, how are we going to proceed from here?
0: Uh, It's going to be fascinating, and as I say, it's a relatively new story since the bill was just uh, signed into law uh, by the President a couple of days ago, but uh, a lot of work to be done on this. Uh, As always, Elliot, thank you so much for the time today. I always appreciate your perspective on this.
1: Oh, You're very welcome, Bill. It's always great to talk to you.
0: Take care. Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor uh, of Political Science at Carleton University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.